you for your word. Thank you for the liberty we have in Christ. We just love you, Lord God. Minister to us today, spirit of the living God. You are indeed the teacher, the preacher. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, On Wednesday night, we had a great time here before the Lord. I had my message ready, uh, titled, Triumph of Faith. And Linda said, it's the greatest message I never preached. I put that 15 minutes down, it's not going to work with me. I have more than 15 minutes to preach. (laughs) Triumph of praise. What did I say? I'm not sleeping. (laughs) I'm awake. Triumph of praise. Amen. How many of you remember that song? Praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him in the morning, praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him when the sun goes down. That means we praise God every time. Every time we have the opportunities from morning till night, we're constantly praising God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 47 verse 1, He says, Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And he tells us the people will hear of it and be glad. You see, some people come to church and and, and, and they're watching other people getting excited. What's wrong with him? I say, what have you been drinking? You know, what's wrong? It just, they don't have understanding. If you can shout before the Lord, you don't have triumph. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. God is destroyed the enemy. The Bible tells us very clearly in Romans chapter 8 that we are more than conquerors through Christ. But sometimes you don't feel like a conqueror when you come to church, right? You have a lot of things going on in your life. There's a lot of things, issues that you're dealing with. And so you don't feel like more than a conqueror. You come into church and, and everyone wants to praise the Lord. But you're not too sure if you feel like praising the Lord. What has feeling got to do with it? But what you're missing is... If you don't shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph, the enemy will see you as a defeated person. So we need to shout before God with the voice of triumph. And they will hear of it and they'll notice. They'll be glad. Why? Because they're saying, well, I can see what God is doing in his life as he's shouting and praising the Lord. Uh, I I can do that too. Maybe that will happen to me, what's going on in his life. Psalm 147 verse 1 tells us this. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant... And praise is beautiful. Praise is beautiful. Praise is pleasant. Before God. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. When you come before God and you begin to praise God. You become beautiful before Him. 
I got a word that was sent to me during the uh, service. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, what will he do? I will draw all men unto me. Now we know what he was talking about. He's lifting me up on the cross, right? But really, when you lift up Jesus and you lift up his name before the world, he draws all men. And now with love, he draws you to him. Praise is comely. Praise makes you beautiful before God. That's what he's saying. He's telling the Lord, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing. It is a good thing for you to praise God. It's good for you. It makes you feel pleasant inside. And makes you beautiful before God. Praise is a very beautiful thing. Now in Psalm 92 verse 1, he said, it is a good thing. The traditional King James, King James, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name. He's talking to the Lord. Sing praises to your name, O Most High. What he's telling God, based on my experience, I now know it is a good thing for me when I sing praise to your name. When I give you thanks, there's something that's happening to me, and I want everyone to know it. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. He wasn't talking to men. He was talking to God. He was telling God about what he was experiencing in his life when he was giving thanks to God and when he was singing praises to the Lord. See, that's what we're missing. Praise is beautiful. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's even more beautiful when you're not. And things are happening in your life that are contrary to Praise. But you say, I don't care how I feel, God deserves it. If you think about what the Lord has done for us, if you think about where you were, many times I wonder, where would I be today? About 30 something years ago, I gave my life to the Lord. Where would I be today? What would I be doing? Will I still be alive? With the way I was living, I have no clue. But look, God is with me constantly. That's why that man wrote that song. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. The praises of my Redeemer. To sing about his love. Basically, if you fully understand, you won't stop praising. You cannot cease from it. The guy was saying... One tongue is not enough. God, I wish you would give me a thousand tongues in my mouth. And all of them will praise you. Because of the things that you've done for me. Believers have to understand that praise is honor on your life from God. You know when God said, those who honor me, I will honor. Now we're talking about God honoring you. Praise for you is an honor from the Lord. Now, think about this. Satan. Satan will give, I believe he will give everything, everything and anything to get back to the place where he was with God. Sure. Satan will give anything to get back where he was. And what, what was he? He was one of, he was the head of the praise team. Right? That was his person. He was head of the praise team. And because he was the head of the praise team, was he? Very powerful. 
It's an honor on your life to be able to give praise to God. See? Great honor. If you come to church and you can't praise God, you're ashamed to shout, you're ashamed to move because people are watching you, you have no understanding of what this is. You don't have understanding. David knew. And we're going to talk more about David later. He understood the power of praise in a man's life. A living being on the earth. That's why you don't care about what people think. That's why David couldn't care what his wife thought. Or the children and the women of Israel. He could care less. He was praising God. Dancing and like he was nuts. He said it was before the Lord. Who made me head over your father. Who chose me over your father? He knew the power of praise. It's a no to give praise to God. When you come to the Lord's house and you are not praising Him and others are doing the praising uh, before God, you don't look beautiful because praise is comely. Praise is beautiful. It's very pleasant. You know, when you're praising God and you got unpleasant situations around you, as you're praising God, your praise moves God and is dispelling those unpleasantries out of your life. Just to praise Him. Amen. It's a great honor. That's the only way, one of the ways, I mean one of the major ways to have triumph over difficulties. If Satan has been harassing you, this is one way to get rid of him. You remember what the Bible says? The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. When you are joyful before the Lord, what would you do? You praise the Lord. Of complaining. <laughs> if you're not praising, guess what? You're complaining. And when you complain, you receive dishonor. So praise bring his honor from the Lord. Let me read from this scripture here, Psalm 149, from 6 through 9. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. So as a good vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints. See, it's an honor. This honor to praise God. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. That's what executes the judgment. That's the honor God has placed on your life. So you, you wait from just praising God leave the others behind go on to high praises of God and the enemy will be bound in chains of iron that's what the Bible says let the high praises of God be in their mouth to execute the written judgment you know in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 he says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers you know rulers of darkness spiritual wickedness in high places and then you read in this scripture to bind the, their, their kings first of all to bring uh, execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles that's principalities and powers in spiritual wickedness when you praise the Lord you bind them and God says, I have given the honor, this honor to my saints. Amen. Most people are not using the honor. They come to church, they walk by sight and not by faith. 
you know, and they come to church, they're feeling bad, so today I don't feel like praising God. I wonder what these people are praising God for. They just sit there and watch nothing. They, they do nothing. When you come in, forget about what people are thinking. And as you start praising the Lord, God be one on your behalf. Let me explain. This is an honor from the Lord upon your life. And when God chooses to honor you, nobody can bring dishonor in your life. It cannot happen. Because God never sleeps. He never slumbers. But if you refuse to praise God, if you refuse to serve God in gladness of heart because of the things that are happening to you, believe me, you will suffer shame. And I'll prove it to you from scriptures. You suffer shame. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 47 and 48, it tells us this. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. The reason why troubles are coming to you is because you did not serve the Lord your God. It's not because you sinned. No, not sin. You did not serve the Lord your God with gladness, with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. He's giving you a lot. But you still want some more. Yeah, every one of us want more. But you have to be thankful about uh, those things that he's already placed in your life. And you serve God with gladness. Some Christians are focused on every time you talk to them, they have something to complain about. That God hasn't done from the, for them. And they ask, why has God not done this for me? I have been praying for so, so, so long. I have done this and I've been through this. That's all you hear from them. And guess what God hears when he, see, he hears that? Complaining. They are not serving the Lord with gladness of heart. They come to church, but they are not happy to be in church because God isn't doing much in their lives, so they can't truly worship God. But if you will set all those things aside and you begin to shout with the voice of triumph, <laughs> those things, they, that, the spirit that God said about us, you are more than a conqueror, will come upon you. That spirit of triumph. And you triumph over whatever it is. No, God is put upon our lives. He said, because you didn't, you have not served the Lord, not because of your sin. It's because you didn't serve God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. That says you have in abundance. So even if you don't see like you have abundance around you, you believe that you have because God said so. And the scriptures cannot be broken. You have an abundance. And what you see is not true. The things that those are false symptoms all over you. Are you okay? They are false all around you. Based on the word of God, all you have is abundance. So you begin to serve God by faith based on the abundance. And you worship and praise him for the abundance. And you have everything. And he says, because you don't serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart, this is what is going to happen to you. Shame. Therefore you shall serve your enemies. Whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in nakedness. It's not like you're going to walk naked. You're open to every trouble coming on your way. And in need of everything, not something, everything. Everything. <laughs> everything means spiritual, material, emotional, everything. Why? For, this, is, this is kind of frightening, right? Just because you are not serving the Lord with gladness of heart. Why are you not doing it? Because you got things you're dealing with, right? Is that not right? That's why you're doing it. See, that's what Christians do. They allow those things to take their joy away. And when they come into the house of God, 
I mean, this praising God is a deliberate thing. I'm to tell, let you know that. We'll come into it. You don't have to feel anything. The Bible tell, say, Paul said, lifting up holy, holy hands before the Lord without fear or doubting. Don't even doubt. He said, no, no. You can dance, you can shout, you can do whatever in God's house. And I don't care what you think. Just do it. I'm, do, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the master. You can criticize, that's your business. But I'm doing it for the master. But he commended it. Shouting before God. He says, you will suffer hunger. You will suffer thirst. Nakedness. That means if you're doing what he required. Serving him, praising him with joy. You will never suffer nonsense. And even if you suffer them, you won't look to it because you know you have abundance. And the abundance will come. He says, and he that's your enemy will put a yoke of iron on your neck until you have been destroyed. So serving God with gladness of heart and joy is a requirement for your abundance and peace as a Christian. Praising him, even in difficult times, is a divine requirement to have joy and peace and rest in every area of life where you are lacking nothing. He says you will lack things in every area. I need to let you know that the Bible speaks of garments. Three different kinds of garments. Garments that we wear. Three different types of garments. One of them is the garment of praise. Look at this scripture here. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. Notice it's not saying one garment. Garments, right? More than one. If you overcome, God doesn't clothe you with just one garment. He clothes you with more than one. And I'm telling you this morning, there are three garments that you need to have on all the time. It says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. You know, when you have those garments all over you, the three of them, the father mentions your name before the angels. I like that because, you know, I know somehow if I'm putting on my garments, I know God, the, Jesus is speaking my name in heaven and the father hears it and the angels know my name. Good luck. Amen. They know that fellow there. That's, that's God's son over there. Amen. Because I got my garments around me all the time. Not just one garment, the three of them. Amen. So your name is never blotted out of the book of life. And one of these garments, the garment of praise. You must have it on all the time. Otherwise you will be naked. You'll be naked before him. And you're vulnerable to the enemy. It's not how you feel. You are determined in your mind, I'm going to praise God. 
No matter what happens, I'm going to church today and I don't care who is looking at me. I'm going to play the fool before my God. (laughs) And he'll make me wise before men. Amen. Let me share with you these three garments I'm talking about here so you know. In Isaiah 61 verse 10, he says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. So there's one type of garment that is called the garment of salvation. There are different aspects of salvation in a person's life. But that's what you have when you are joyful. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. When you are saved, you need to have joy. If you don't have joy, you can't serve God with gladness. That means the question, what's going on? What's going on in your life? Because if you have joy, you have salvation. According to the word of God here. He has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. That's the other type of garment. It's called the robe of righteousness. So we got one type, that's the garment of salvation. And then you have the robe of righteousness. Guess what the robe of righteousness does before God? It says, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself, with a jewels. The, the garment of righteousness makes you beautiful before God. So if you come in before the Lord without the garment of righteousness, you look ugly. Okay? And God's saying, what's that thing that just came in? Can you tell that thing to get that angel? Kick him out. Remember the story? Jesus said, the, 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 uh, disciples went out and they brought everybody into the house. And there was one that was not wearing the garment, remember? And Jesus kicked him out, <laughs> get him out of this place. That's what happens. You're beautiful when you put on the garment of righteousness and it's given to you as a gift. But you don't take it off, right? You have to have it all the time. God wants you to have it all the time. Now, let's talk about the next garment, uh, Isaiah 61, the same chapter, verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. You know what beauty? That's the garment of righteousness, right? Makes you beautiful. The garment of righteousness. The oil of joy for mourning. God's going to give you that. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now look at the result if you got all of them. That they may be called. Not you will call yourself. They will see it. That they may be called what? The trees of righteousness planted. I mean they can see it. What righteousness and those garments are doing in life. Trees of righteousness. And the planting of the Lord that God himself will be glorified. That's what praising God does for us. I need to share this. Actually, I want to share three things about praising God that every believer must know. 
is very important. The first thing is, praising God is not a gift. It's not optional. You know what I mean? It's not, that person has the gift of praising the Lord. (laughs) And I don't. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not a gift. People rationalize because they don't want to be embarrassed before people. And actually God sees they are ashamed of him. They don't want to be. So they say, well, this is my personality. So I just stand like a stone and do this. Let's raise our hands and worship the Lord. You're proud. If you tell children to do that, guess what they do? Yes, I've raised my hand, right? If you are not converted and become as children, you have no part in the kingdom. See? It's not optional. Forget about people. You want God to honor you? Forget about what people think. When you come, the Bible says to raise up your hand. I could care less what you think. Call me the hypocrite. Call whatever you want. You are not the one who's going to bless me. He is the one to bless me. Promotion comes from him, so I don't care what you think. When I come, it's a commandment. It's part of my being. So I come and I praise the Lord. If all of us in the church ready to praise God, you will, you will see how God will move. You read the scripture? He inhabits the praises of his people? Yeah. Most people don't come ready. You come ready, I'm going to praise God regardless. If you have 20 of them here, the Spirit of God will have liberty. We ought to do this. This is an honor from the Lord. This honor have all his sins, right? Not some of his sins. This honor has all of his sins. And I'll tell you why it says that. That God has given us in Psalm 149 this honor for all of his sins. You know why? You were created that way in Christ. When God fashioned you in Christ, he created you to be one who praises him. You are becoming a different kind of being when you can't do it. Or when you refuse to do it. That's rebellion. Against your true nature, which is to praise him. It's not optional. Share with you. He says in Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord. I'm at what time? At all times. It takes your will. You were created to do that. So it takes your will. You decide, I will, not the Lord will make me. Or when I feel good. No, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth at all times. Whether I'm at home or I'm at church, it doesn't matter. I am blessing the Lord. You see, David understood it. To bless the Lord at all times. It will increase when I get to church. Amen. Because I'm with my brothers. It will increase then. But at home, in my car, I am blessing the Lord. I am thanking him for the things that he's done for me. David understood. I will bless the Lord. That's what he was saying. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will not be out of my mouth. Always be there. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. That's what God said. There meaning born again Christians. God says, let it be in your mouth. This is God's own desire. I want the high presence of God to be in your mouth. 
So you have to receive that and say, God, thank you. I'm going to church. Now I understand it. Today, the praises will come out of my mouth towards you. I will speak that to God. I will praise the Lord at all times. Look, at Psalm 102, verse 18. See, this is, this is a prophecy concerning me, concerning you. And you need to receive this prophecy. Because God was bragging about you in the Old Testament. Prophesying that you will be born and you are coming in a new generation that's going to be doing this, praising And we won't do it. And yet we cry out to God for blessings and to deliver us from our troubles. But we won't do what we were created to do. Look at what it says. It says, this will, this will be written for the generation to come. That's you. This will be written for the generation to come. That a people yet to be created. How? Yet to be created, right? <laughs> you think about God's creating. Your creation came through the born again experience. You were recreated in Christ. And God is saying, this I am writing concerning the generation that's going to come. That a people yet to be created may what? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You were created to praise the Lord. And if you are born again, that's why you are what you are. And if you are not doing that, you are not being what God created you to be, and you'll never reach your destiny. No way you get there. The high plan that God has for you, your future that we talk about, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, your future, you never get there because you are not being what God created you to be. You're not praising God. You're not praising Him. You only do that in church, and your hands is all back down this way. So nobody will see it. And if you move your leg, you say, oh, why did I do that? You look around. I hope nobody saw me do that. You don't have to get too excited, brother. No. You abandon yourself to the Lord. That's what God, Jesus gave himself fully for us, right? He gave himself fully for us. Why can't you give yourself fully? Why are you so dignified? Is it that, could it be that you are ashamed of what people will think? What's the matter? Why can't you praise the Lord? Why can't you shout? Just your personality. Well, I don't see that. You were created to praise Him. That's what God said. Let God be true and every man a liar. You were created to praise Him. The reason why you are not praising Him is because you have never started to do that. Try it. You will like it. Amen. Try it. You'll like it. I'm telling you, you'll like it. Get out of yourself someday and do some dancing before the Lord. Amen. You like it? When I go home to Nigeria, I see the brothers, they are dancing. My daughter is not here, she's going to be embarrassed. But we dance before God. And when we give our offering, we are dancing before the Lord. We have nobody else to look to. We have to look to Him. He's our source. So we dance. We dance. We bring it before the Lord. It's the Lord. Amen. It's the Lord we're dancing for. Don't get too dignified. If you get dignified, by the time they are putting you in your casket, you won't be that dignified. You're just like that, you know. That's the way you are. You were like that before you died, and that's the way we're going to bury you. Straight. I'm kidding. <laughs> get excited while you're still alive. Let's know you're alive before they put you in that place, okay? And you can't move. Move a little bit before the Lord. You were created. It tells us also in Psalm 4, uh, Isaiah 43, the same thing. Verse 21, you were created to praise Him. Do what you were created to do. 
and you will be fulfilled in life. Refuse to do what you were created to do, you will not be fulfilled in life. No way you get there. It's a decision. I will. It's a, you decide whether, that's why Paul said, we walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to feel anything. I decide to dance. The feeling will catch up with me. Amen. Amen. Somebody asked Smith Wigglesworth, he said, man, you, God is really moving through you. Is it, is it, when you move, is it that God, the Spirit of God moves you? He said, no. The guy was stunned. So how do you move? He says, I just move and the Spirit of God catches up with me and overtakes. <laughs> That's just the way he says, I feel nothing. You move and the Spirit follows. Because the scriptures cannot be broken, you know. When you do what the scripture does, that's why God's eyes are running to and fro to show himself strong before those that fear him. So when you are doing that, he says, that's it. That's what they're doing. We can't we can disappoint this guy. Feel him now. He hits you right there. That's why I have confidence in God. I see his word. I just go act on it. Don't feel anything, just do it. You know, the Bible tells us this. Maybe I should wait and get to it. But what you do in secret, God rewards you openly. See? You can make up your mind today in secret. Okay? You're going to be a different person from this day. Because you've heard the truth, Right? You do out in secret and possibly you go back to your bed tonight and the Lord starts talking to you. A new day had arrived. Sometimes it takes one little event, a decision in your heart concerning God, and your future is changed. Because God shows up. Like Solomon did one decision in his heart. And God showed up in a dream. And his life was never the same. I'm looking, looking for that opportunity where God will show up. You know, he showed up once in my life and things haven't been the same since then. Look for those days. And but it comes as a result of you hearing his word and making the right decision based on his word. Look at what Peter says. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. He says, but you are a chosen generation. You remember God talking about a generation? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may do what? Proclaim the praises of him. Can you take me back to uh, Psalm 102 again? Psalm 102 verse 18. This will be written for the generation to come. That's your generation. That a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Take me to First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. You are that generation God was talking about. See? Say to yourself, I am that person. I belong to that generation. You are. God was bragging about you in the Old Testament. God was bragging about what you were, what you were going to do to Him in the New Testament. And you're failing Him? You're gonna fail Him? He bragged on you in the Old Testament. Here you are. He's called you to Himself. You are a royal priesthood in a chosen generation and you're gonna fail Him on what He bragged on you on? No wonder things are not that easy. See? 
So when we come before God, we praise Him. Whether you feel it or not, you're obeying. You're doing what He created you to do. When you do what He created you to do, things get easy. He called you into His marvelous light. Now, I'm going to go on quickly. Praise is a spiritual garment. When the Bible talks about garment, the garment of praise is not something you can see. Okay? It's a spiritual garment. But what happens to you if you don't put on your garment? You're naked, right? I'd like to read some scriptures for you to see what Jesus said. In Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and what? Keeps his garments. Lest he does what? Walk naked and they see his shame. See? Blessed is the one who keeps his garments. Uh-huh. If you don't, they will see your shame. They will see your shame. So it's very important. The garment of praise. You can't let that go. You can't let go of the garment of righteousness either. You can't let that go. Your salvation must be there. If not, you will suffer disgrace. See why a lot of us are having difficulty? I mean, I'm telling you, this is new revelation for me as well. You understand? It's new revelation for me. New revelation. I praise God before, but this has opened my eyes. I want to praise Him. I don't care how I feel. No praise God. When we come in here, I'm going to praise God. I'm not looking to you. You see, I'm looking for heaven first. <laughs> Being a person, not just a job. For me, I want to get there. And I want to right. I got to praise Him. Amen. You see, you walk naked and they'll see your shame. You suffer shame. We already talked about suffering disgrace. Jesus said it here. I don't want to get there. I won't be too dignified and then be brought down to shame. Revelation chapter 3 verse 18 says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness, no, notice he said white garments, all of them, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. <laughs> I don't want to suffer that. And I know your eyes with eye, eye salves that you may see. But then the next thing, this is where I close. Um, praise should be done more in private. It's very important. It's not just church. People talk about church. No. More in private. Let me tell you why. All the Psalms of praise that you read about Jacob, uh, David writing, you know where he wrote them? Not in church. At home. Everything he did, he'll, read, he'll do it at home, write the song, praise, and then he'll send it to the church. He did it at home. It should be done more at home, in your private. That's why I said, Jesus said, if you, when you pray, what did he say to do? Pray in secret. For your father who sees in secret, your father who is in secret, will reward you openly. When you fast... Fast this way, and your father who sees in secret, who is in secret, will reward you openly. 
That's what he says. So your praising should not be just in the church. It should be, I will bless the Lord at all times. I want to go back to Psalm 149, verse 5 through 8. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud, where? On their beds. Do you have a bed in church? <laughs> Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, where? While they are right there on the bed. Not in church. Right there. That's where... The enemy is taken care of. It's not just what you do in church. It's what you do mostly in private. It's so important. I will bless the Lord at all times. Most of it is in private. We worship the Lord in private. Paul and Barnabas, I mean Paul and Silas, they praise the Lord in private. That's what we must do. More so when things are difficult. Would you stand up with me this morning? You're going to make a commitment before God to praise the Lord. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and puts them into practice, I will liken him to a wise man. Who builds his house on the rock. If you hear these words. That's coming from the Lord today I believe. And you decide based on what I've heard. I'm going to practice this. Before God you are a wise person. You can change your destiny. By making this decision. Today. To praise him regardless. Of how you feel. Amen. How many are willing to do that? No matter what's going on in your life from this very day. When you see people coming up front to praise the Lord, if you feel like it, sometimes your, something will speak to your heart. Why don't you go join them up front? And you say, oh, no. who you just refuse to listen to? He speaks. That's why you had the thought in the first place. But you won't let him do what he wants to do in your life because of your personality. You can just go up there and join them. How many will listen to the Lord fully? You won't hold back. If God tells you you come to worship, you won't hold back. I appreciate everybody. We're going to be singing a few songs. Where are our musicians? As we close this morning, our musicians will come. And I'm going to give you the privilege <laughs> to do what you just raised your hands to do this morning. <laughs> I got to see it. Amen. Put your hands together. We got to worship the Lord. We got to praise him today and give him praise. Amen. He inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. God has blessed us. Okay, let's go. Thank you, Lord God. You do inhabit the praises of your own people. And Lord, we recognize that we are the generation you were speaking of. And Lord, we assume our responsibilities right now to worship you, to give you thanks and to praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord. I speak grace upon grace upon your children right now as they leave this place. That your blessings will go before them. That everything that they set their hands to do will prosper.
that multiplied mercy will be upon their lives. Goodness and mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.